What the UK spring budget means for your small business. In this article, you'll find a rundown of the main updates from the 2023 UK spring budget. We also picked expert accountant Gordon Scammell's brains to find out what small business owners should know off the back of the announcement. The Chancellor of the Exchequer, Jeremy Hunt, announced the 2023 UK spring budget to the House of Commons on Wednesday the 15th of March. The Prime Minister and the government aims to halve inflation, reduce debt and get the economy growing. Halve inflation. The OBR, the Office of Budgetary Responsibility, has predicted that inflation will fall from 10.7% to 2.9% by the end of 2023. Reduce debt. Underlying debt is forecast to be 92.4% of GDP next year, then 97.3%, 94.6% and 94.8% before falling to 94.6% in 2027-2028, the fifth year of the forecast. Public sector net borrowing is forecast to fall below 3% of GDP over the next five years, falling from 5.1% of GDP in 2023-2024 to 3.2% to 2.8%, to 2.2% and then to 1.7% in 2027-2028. The last two years see the current budget in surplus, borrowing only for investment and not day-to-day spending. Get the economy growing. London beats New York and 53 other global cities to be the best place in the world for female entrepreneurs. Britain has become the world's third trillion dollar tech economy after the US and China. The UK is set to grow year-on-year by 1.8% in 2024, then 2.5%, 2.1% and 1.9% in 2027. The government are also calling for incentives and reliefs over rates and allowances this time around. What do the four E's really mean? Not quite everything everywhere all at once and certainly met with more criticism. Here's our breakdown of what Jeremy Hunt's four pillars of economic growth and prosperity could represent. Enterprise, deployment of incentives and reliefs aimed at achieving economic and fiscal ambitions to make the UK a real contender against EU competition. Education, reskilling and retraining across all age groups and a call for increased maths and English skills among young people, making maths compulsory until 18. Employment, a call for retirees to return to work in conditions that make their work worthwhile and an updated point system for skilled worker visas to tackle labour shortages in sectors such as hospitality. Everywhere, 12 investment zones will give equal opportunities for success to high potential but underperforming areas. A budget for growth. What were the major announcements of the spring budget? The super deduction successor. The Chancellor wants Britain to have the most pro-business, pro-enterprise tax regime anywhere. Super deduction ends this month, with smaller businesses benefiting from the annual investment allowance that increased to £1 million. This means that 99% of all businesses could deduct the full value of their investment from the year's taxable profits. Following on from super deduction, Mr Hunt announced a new policy of full capital expenses for the next three years, with the intention of putting the policy into permanent effect when it's fiscally sensible to do so. Every pound a company invests in IT equipment, plant and machinery can be deducted in full and immediately from taxable profits. That's a corporation tax cut worth around £9 billion a year, according to the government, for the three years it's in place. It should increase business investment by 3% per year, according to the Office for Budgetary Responsibility's predictions. A survey by the CBI found that creating a new permanent investment deduction 
could boost UK business investment by up to £40 billion a year by 2026. Here's the expert's take. This one's just cleverly worded, to be honest. Annual investment allowance is what he's been talking about here. So you go and buy a laptop for £1,500. In year one, you can claim that for £1,500. What is actually neglected to say in this budget is that for the last two years, we've had what we call the super deduction available, which was helping to kickstart the economy after COVID. And that meant that you can actually claim 130% on certain asset purchases. It's now going to be phased out with effect from the 31st of March. So you've actually only got 16 days left to purchase a product at £1,000 and get 130% back off it. 12 new investment zones. The government aims to introduce 12 new investment zones, 12 potential canary wharfs, according to the government. The following areas have been identified as promising options. The West Midlands, Greater Manchester, the North East, South Yorkshire, West Yorkshire, East Midlands, Teesside and Liverpool. There's also set to be at least one investment zone in Scotland, Wales and Northern Ireland. Each area must identify a location where they can offer a bold and imaginative partnership between local government and the university or research institute in a way that takes advantage of new innovation clusters. The investment zones will work alongside the Treasury's innovation clusters like Glasgow, Greater Manchester and Birmingham and will likely receive the funding to hoist them onto the world's R&D stage. The zones will receive £80 million in funding and tax incentives. The aim is to level up these zones by improving skills and planning systems, providing business support and boosting local infrastructure, tax incentives and business rates retention. There's what we're really looking at here is job creation. That's what he's really pushing for, for sectors to provide further investment in terms of tech companies, all those sorts of things. It's just a push to really spread out the knowledge, as it were, throughout the country, rather than have everybody centred around London. Extending the fuel duty 5p cut for another year. The Chancellor of the Exchequer announced that it was not the right time to uprate the fuel duty in line with inflation. Instead, the 5p cut will be maintained and fuel duty will be frozen, saving the average driver £100 next year and £200 overall since the 5p cut was introduced. Enhanced R&D credit scheme. If a qualifying small business spends 40% or more of their total expenditure on R&D, they'll be able to claim a credit worth £27 on every £100 spent. That's to say, 27%. For example, a company that creates bioplastics and building materials from food waste will receive over £500,000 if they spend £2 million on research and development. Gordon's thoughts. There's an increase in the R&D credit line that they're producing, so you still have to fit in the criteria that they're looking for, but there is a greater incentive to do R&D in the tech sector, certainly. A £400 million plan will increase the provision of mental health and musco-skeletal resources and expand the individual placement and support scheme. The Chancellor is also looking to double the funding for the small company subsidy pilot. Disability benefits reforms. Working from home has become easy and with around 1 million job vacancies in the economy, there's a hope that more people with disabilities will be able to work. The reform will abolish the work capability assessment and separate benefit entitlement from an individual's ability to work. This means that people with disabilities will be able to work without losing the financial support that they already receive. In England and Wales, the Universal Support Programme will be launched. This voluntary employment scheme for disabled people will grant £4,000 to help each disabled person find appropriate work and support, funding 50,000 places per year. Childcare reforms. If we were to match Dutch levels of female participation in the workplace, there'd be an extra 1 million women in the workforce. To make this possible, 
Childminder incentive payments of £600 will be offered to childminders who sign up to the profession, £1,200 if they sign up through an agency. Increased funding will also be paid to nurseries that provide free childcare by £204 million, rising to £288 million next year. More flexibility will be offered in terms of how nurseries operate too, with an optional increase in minimum staff-to-children ratios rising from 1 to 4 to 1 to 5 for two-year-olds in England. Any parent looking to move into or increase their hours will have their childcare costs paid upfront by the government with the maximum claim increasing to £951 for one child and £1,630 for two children. Wraparound care for school-aged children will increase so all parents of school-aged children can use extended drop-off and pick-up times. In eligible households where all adults are working at least 16 hours a week, 30 hours of free childcare will be offered to every child over the age of nine months who's yet to start school. Working parents of two-year-olds can access 15 free hours of care from April 2024. That will be extended to all children aged nine months and older from September 2024. Every working parent will receive access to 30 hours of free childcare per week from September 2025. The Midlife MOT strategy will offer more financial health and career guidance to those over 50-year-olds who wish to work past 65. A new kind of apprenticeship will be targeted at the over 50s who want to return to work named returnerships. They will operate alongside skills boot camps and sector-based work academies. Here's what our experts had to say. They're trying to primarily get people who have taken fairly early retirement that could easily work for another 10 or 15 years to basically fill the gap that we've got in employment at the moment. I think they're targeting doctors and consultants. They want to get them back in the NHS after they've reached a level where it doesn't pay for them to continue to work and receive a pension. They just get taxed too heavily. Don't forget, corporation tax is set to increase from 19% to a maximum of 25% on the 1st of April. From the 1st of April this year, 2023, corporation tax will increase from 19% for companies whose profits exceed £50,000 to a maximum of 25% companies whose profits exceed £250,000. A system of marginal relief will apply between the two rates. Check out the government's marginal relief calculator on the web article. Final words. It does feel that the smaller businesses are taking the hit for any shortfalls. On the bright side, there are offsets. There are pension offsets that you can use to try and mitigate your corporation tax liability. So if you're a director or a shareholder of your company and you're cash rich, for example, previously what you could do is go back three years and put £40,000 per tax year into your pension and carry that forward until retirement age. That would be offset against any profits because you've put it through the company and the company would pay the £40,000 per annum that was included and here's where you get the tax relief. That's now jumped to £60,000 per annum. So there's an additional benefit there. There's no increase in national insurance rates, so as employers we're not getting hit harder. The taxable allowance is frozen, so there's no change in the amount we can earn tax-free. Another negative, unfortunately, is a dividend tax allowance which drops from £2,000 to £1,000 effective from the 6th of April. Next year it'll drop again to £500, so it will be difficult for small businesses to argue whether it's better to take a salary or dividend, which used to be a straightforward conversation have a minimum salary and take the rest in dividends. We will now, as accountants, all need to do our sums to make sure it is the right way to go for our clients. What else was announced during the spring budget? 
Employment rate is set to rise to 4.4%, less than the autumn forecast, with 170,000 fewer people expected to be out of work. However, that's not positive news. Ending the energy price guarantee. Family finance will benefit from the ongoing energy price guarantee remaining at £2,500 for the next three months. It's projected that energy prices will fall by July until the average family will save a further £160 on top of other energy support measures. Draft relief. From the 1st of August, the duty on draft products in pubs will be up to 11% lower than the duty in supermarkets as part of the new Brexit pubs guarantee. British ale is warm, but the duty on a pint is frozen, said the Chancellor. Great news for independent pub owners and their patrons. Frozen duties for reduced inflation. The combined energy price guarantee, fuel duty and duty on a pint all being frozen will reduce CPI inflation by nearly 0.75%. More aid to Ukraine. A further £5 billion will be given to Ukraine over the next two years. Defence budget. £11 billion is set to be added to the defence budget over the next five years, making up 2.25% of GDP in 2025. A £30 million package will also be granted to the Office for Veterans, supporting veterans with injuries, returning from service and increasing the availability of veteran housing. Audiovisual tax reliefs. An expenditure credit with a rate of 34% has been introduced for film, high-end television with a qualifying threshold of £1 million and video games and 39% for the animation and children's TV sectors. Theatres, orchestras and museums can enjoy their current 45 and 50% reliefs for the further two years. Extending the Climate Change Agreement Scheme The Climate Change Agreement Scheme has been extended for two years to allow eligible businesses £600 million of tax relief on energy efficiency measures. Carbon capture usage and storage support Up to £20 billion of support will be given for the early development of CCUS, with projects across the UK this could offer 50,000 jobs while also attracting private sector investment. Subject to consultation, nuclear power will be classed as environmentally sustainable, giving the sector access to the same investment opportunities and incentives as renewable energy. The state will also invest more in nuclear through Great British Nuclear. The first competition for small modular reactors was also announced, which will be completed by the end of this year.